Hey, it's Kathy. I just want to let you know that I'm doing a free five-day workshop. It's called the Abundance Activation Challenge, and it starts today. And it's not too late for you to join us. Today is the last day to join. Go to kathyheller.com slash five day to sign up. The pre-party has been happening and it's been such a blast. There's so many high vibe women in there who are ready to call in more abundance. I know that you will love that you showed up for this. I'll be live at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern every day this week, teaching you how to become a master manifester. You are just going to have the best time. If you want to join us, sign up at kathyheller.com slash five day. I remember January 28th, 2008, like it was yesterday. That's when I quit my day job at Starbucks. If you're a creative person, if you're a baker, a dancer, a photographer, a screenwriter, an actor, a comedian, a podcaster, and you want to figure out how to make a living doing what you love, this is the show. This is the show. Don't keep your day job. My name is Kathy Heller, and I'm a singer-songwriter. I make a living doing what I love, and I want that for you. This is the show that's going to help you do that and give you not only inspiration, but some real-life strategies. This is going to help you figure out how to take your creative passion and turn it into a profit. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. Thank you. You're just, I just can't stop thanking you because I'm completely overwhelmed by all the support. It is incredible. And we're just showing the world. We're just showing the world that they don't know about us. They don't know about this community of creatives and people who support one another and who are so passionate. I can tell. I know you're listening. I feel you. Okay. I know you're there. I know you want to be able to get out of your own way and start to put one foot in front of the other and you're looking for the house. And I'm going to be interviewing people. In fact, on today's episode, you're going to hear from someone who's just incredible. And he's going to give you some hows, especially for those of you in the music business, um, but it will relate to all of you. So here's something I wanted to share with you. I, I talked last week about how the main reason why people don't get to where they want to be is because they don't do anything about it. But I think that what's really important to address is why people don't do anything about it. And I think that the main thing that holds us all back is we have this feeling of inadequacy and we don't think that we're enough and we don't want to begin. We don't want to make a fool of ourselves. We don't want to fail. We're afraid to show up in that room, in that studio, in that writer's room, at the piano, in front of people. It's it's that feeling, that constant, we're, we're, we're constantly coming up against those insecurities. And so that feeling is so uncomfortable that it almost completely takes us off of even beginning, even trying. So here, here's what I want to tell you, okay? Every episode when you tune in, uh, my number one goal is to remind you of who you are and remind you of how capable you are. And you are braver than you know. You are more capable than you know. You are you are so, so much a force to be reckoned with. And if you have this thing that's calling to you, that is the evidence that you know that you are meant to do that, okay? And the evidence is there that people have done it. If you know somebody who you can research and find 10 people who are making a living being a screenwriter, 10 people who are making a living being a songwriter or being an author or um, sculpting. It's all there. The evidence is there. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are doing all of these crafts and making a living doing them. That means you can too. So what you're going to need to do is tolerate a little bit that feeling of not being enough and it's going to get less and less. But everybody has that a little bit. And let me just tell you, When I started out and I used to drive to the studio, I'd book a session with a co-writer, I'd book a session with a producer, 
I would want so much to cancel that session because I would think to myself, what am I going to bring to the table? What's going to be valuable that I have to share? What if it's not good enough? What if my lyrics aren't good? What if my voice isn't great? What if my melody isn't great? I was working with musicians that ran circles around me playing guitar, playing piano, producing, arranging. Most of them can play multi, multiple instruments. Most of them went to music school. I didn't. I'm self-taught. I can barely play one instrument. I write lyrics, I write melodies, and I sing. And I, I don't have the most trained voice or the most trained piano playing in the world. And so every single time I would get teared up in the car on the drive there and I would have to confront myself in order to even just drive there. And every time I would leave, I was so happy that I went because inevitably something good would happen. Inevitably, I was collaborating with people who were awesome. We both bringing out the best in one another. And, and we started making incredible things. And, and then we started making money from it. And, and, and I had songs of mine that, that went on to make hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, and I was getting to do what I loved. And I still, I'm telling you, I still have this feeling of, oh, if I have to get in the studio with that producer, I don't know. I mean, I'm intimidated by it. And look, this is the thing. This is the thing. So when you say that you don't have the resources or the time or the money or you lack the connections, it's because you're afraid, okay? It's because you're afraid. But what I want is for this show to be a vehicle to remind you that you have what it takes and you can begin wherever you are and that that is enough. And when you start to put one foot in front of the other and you start to work toward it, you're going to get better at it. And believe me, I look back at songs I wrote 10 years ago and I'm like, I would never show those songs to people today, but thank God I was willing to walk forward and do where I was at the time. Whatever I had at the time, I did it because it all helped me build upon itself until I finally got to a place where now I am pretty proud of my work. But you know what? I hope that the best songs I've written haven't been written yet. I hope that I'm going to continue to get better. And, you know, if you want to get better at playing chess, play with someone who's better than you. You know, if you want to get better at your craft just by playing with someone who's better than you, just by being in a meeting with someone who's better than you, it's going to help you be more clever. It's going to help you be better. So the people who are successful, the people right now who are artists who have the dream lives you're, you're dreaming of, it's not that they were mo more innately talented, but they had the courage to begin before they were perfect or before they were completely enough because nobody starts out you know, unless maybe Beethoven, okay, but not everybody's going to be Mozart and Beethoven. And, and, and even them, you know, I, I don't know if the very first things that they played were the, the symphonies um, that we've heard. And, and the last thing I wanted to say is that why shouldn't it be us, right? I mean, we're the people in the world that want to make the world beautiful. We're the people who feel things and we're sensitive. And that's what's so frustrating is that we're then the people who take things the most to heart and feel rejection so strongly that we're the ones who don't become entrepreneurs doing what it is that we want to do. And meanwhile, the guy who runs the hedge fund, maybe he's not as sensitive. And so he's making millions of dollars. But what is he really adding? What is he adding? And, and how much can you add? And so I want to be the voice when you can't see through that doubt, when you feel like you're not enough. I want to be that voice to remind you that you are bigger than you think that you are. And if that whisper is in there, I want it to grow louder. And I want those excuses to start to fall by the wayside and give you a little bit of space to have the courage to keep going. And this is why I want you to come to the Facebook page and I want you to post what you're up to because I think it's important in a world full of cynics and in a world full of people who don't really believe that, you know, things are possible and you can't beat the odds. I want to be a support system and help cheer you on and also, um, you know, help keep you accountable. All right, guys, I'm so excited. We have Ari Herstand sitting here in the studio today, and he's written a book. It's a it's the number one new bestseller called How to Make It in the New Music Business. And 
even if you're not a musician, you're not a songwriter, you're not doing anything with music, you are going to find what he has to say so inspiring. Um, he has so much to say about how to be resourceful and get things done. And his tactics can apply to any field. So I'm really excited for you to hear what he has to say. He's been making a living doing what he loves. And he's written this book where he's he's now going to share with you several different paths that you can take if you are an artist, if you are a musician, a producer, a songwriter to make a living doing what you love. I am so excited that you're here, Ari. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. Everywhere cool. I look right now in the music world, everyone is talking about you. I mean, yeah. this has been happening for a while because you have such an incredibly successful blog and you're helping artists. But lately, since your book was just released, when was it released? Uh, December 20th, officially. Yeah, so. it's like wherever I go, everybody's saying how generous you are with information and how yeah. helpful. It's awesome. So tell me the journey, why you decided to write this book. Yeah. So the reason I decided to write this book is kind of the same reason why I launched my blog Ari's Take uh, just over four years ago. It's to help independent musicians succeed with a successful music career. And the reason, honestly, that I launched Ari's Take was because I was getting so many questions about the music business from other, from my peers, from other musicians. And I kind of became the go-to guy who kind of knew the business side of music. And, you know, even when I started my music career back in Minneapolis, um, and things were starting to happen. Uh, musicians came to me and said, oh, I see you just went on tour. Like, how did you book that tour? Like, oh, okay, well, here's how I did it. And it's like, oh, I saw you just got some songs placed on TV shows. Like, how did you do that? I'm like, oh, I can, I know how to, I'll tell you how to do it. And then word started to spread and more and more people kept coming to me with questions and emailing me and Facebooking me and tweeting me. I just didn't have time to respond to everybody. So I, my brother is a web developer and my best friend is a graphic design artist. And so we just spent a few days and launched the blog. And I just kind of put up the most frequently asked questions I was getting um, in blog form and answers to kind of all the questions that I was getting on really how to manage an independent music career. And then when people were reading that, they'd pass it around and then they'd come to me with more questions like, OK, I read everything, but but now what? And so then I started writing more and more. And it eventually got to a point where people were saying, OK, I've read every single Ari's Take blog, but I still am uncertain of how to navigate my career. And I don't know how to really piece it all together or connect the dots. So that's the main reason for the book is to kind of connect everything and help really guide people um, with their careers. And because it's there's so much information out there right now, yeah. everyone's on information overload. Yeah. And, you know, you can Google around for thousands of hours and you still will you'll just be spinning in circles because you don't know how to process all of that information. So the point of the book really is to step musicians along step by step uh, on a path where they will reach their goals, whatever their goals are. And that's, I think, kind of one of the main focuses. And, and I discussed this at the very beginning. It's just like you have to know what your goals are because my goals are different from your goals are different from everyone's goals. And that's actually kind of the beauty of the new music business is that there isn't just one way to succeed anymore. Right. Uh, whereas 10, 15, 20 years ago, there was pretty much one way to do it. You get signed to a label, right. you get on a tour, et cetera, et cetera. And that model is broken. Right. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally being disrupted. Um, um, by you and thousands of other artists <laughs> who are doing it differently. And that's, so that's yeah. what's so exciting is that people, I mean, recently actually somebody wrote in and said, well, what if you don't become the ultimate famous person on stage? Can you make a living doing mm -hmm. your craft? How, mm -hmm. do, how do you parlay what you love into making a living doing sure. something? And I love that in your book you've, 
you've charted so many different, you know, you've, you've looked at so many different paths that people have charted where they've mm -hmm. made money doing their music. Right. Can you talk about a few of those different ways? Yeah, and that's the thing because um, I've had the benefit uh, because of uh, writing Ari's Take and then because of um, writing for so many other publications like Digital Music News and Music Connection magazine that, that um, I've gained access to be able to speak to so many musicians on all different levels and startup companies and agents and A&R and music supervisors. And basically, I've given an, uh, a level of access that most musicians don't get typically to be able to ask the questions sure. that musicians want answered. Yeah. And things are happening right now on an incredible scale, but no one is really talking about it because all the billboards and everything else out there are talking about Taylor Swift and Beyonce and that's the headline stuff. Yeah. But there are so many stories of people really making it work their own way. So, okay, some stories. For instance, um, Claire Means, she's an incredible singer-songwriter based in L.A. Um, and I actually had her at my, my book signing. We did a, an interview thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. She's amazing. Um, so she's been uh, street performing, busking for the last eight years. You know, nothing new. People have been busking for the ages. But what she decided to do last summer was turn on her uh, phone on Periscope and point it at her while she busked. Wow. Fast forward six months later, uh, she has a thousand followers. Wow. She's like, wow, this, I'm, I'm onto something. This is crazy. And then she's like, okay, I should keep doing this regularly. So every time she went out and bust and she was going most nights, she would go out for three, four hours. She'd just turn on Periscope. For people who don't know what busking is, it's performing on the, on the street. On the street, yeah. yeah. She's street performing. Putting out a hat, yeah. Right, right, okay. totally. Yeah, open her guitar case, just street <laughs> okay. performing. So she puts this one decision. She opens Periscope. Yeah, open Periscope and just hits go live. And... It, and people started to follow her and then other Periscopers started to share her broadcast. And then fast forward six months later and now she's the most popular what? Periscope musician on the platform. Most popular musician on Periscope. And she has you know, tens of thousands of followers. And not just the followers. She doubled her income in less than a year. Doubled her, her street performance income in less than a year just by opening Periscope because she included a PayPal.me link in her Periscope bio. And she's wow. like, hey, you if you'd like to me. tip me, go there and do that. And then Gosh, she included talk a... Talk about being resourceful. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. She included a link to her website so you could buy her merch. People are doing that. I mean, she has so That's many stories of like... Story. Yeah. And then she started really engaging her Periscope followers and doing like private uh, at home performances for them. And now she's making thousands and thousands a month just from Oh my Periscope. God, it's, yeah, it's so crazy. awesome. And this is something that's just like so, and that's just one story. And she's not, you know, in this anomaly or just like, oh, well, she's the unicorn of the music industry. She's not because, you know, my good friend, Peter Hollins, he's up in Oregon and he kind of, he lives a small town life. He doesn't want to tour, but he's an extremely popular YouTube musician. He's an acapella artist and he kind of launched his YouTube channel a few years ago. And, you know, long story short, he has about 2 million YouTube subscribers what? and he's making like insane amounts just from his oh Patreon subscribers who are like, who are supporting him through Patreon because they believe in his art. How does Patreon work? So Patreon uh, Patreon was launched by Jack Conti, who's one half of Pomplamoose, the band Pomplamoose. Sure, yeah, um, I know what that is. Yeah. And because Pomplamoose was another very successful YouTube band, YouTube artist, um, and or I should say very successful band who really gained serious notoriety on YouTube. And they were they were getting millions upon millions, hundreds of millions of YouTube views, but they weren't making any money from that because YouTube ad revenue was so low. And I'm like, there's a disconnect here because we have 
millions of fans right. who watch our videos regularly. Right. And why aren't we making any money from this? We right. know that the fans want to support us, except there isn't a mechanism for them to do right. so. And if other we're going to be able to keep making videos, we have to be able to make money out of right. it and so keep supplying yeah, it. Other yeah, other than just sending them to iTunes to download the song. Right. So that was the only way they were really making money off of these YouTube uh, fans. So Jack Conti launched uh, Patreon, which is a basically a, a direct-to-fan model. It, it's a subscription service. Um basically, where you can pay somebody $1, $5, $10, $100 per thing they release. So their thing was video. Other people have blogs. Other people uh, have songs. Or, you know, Amanda Palmer, she's one of the most successful artists on Patreon right now, and she makes over $35,000 per thing she releases, per blog post, per song. Sometimes she's releasing five, six, seven things a month. So it is all from her fans. I imagine people listening, you're blowing their minds. (laughs) And meanwhile, for you, this is like old hat already because you just spent yeah. how long writing this book? Two years? About two years, yeah. Meanwhile, it, mm-hmm. took, it was years of you putting out incredibly right. generous content. So you've really been collating this for many, many years. But And living it as a musician myself. So, I mean, it, it, the thing is... It's is mind-blowing, yeah. though. Most people don't know anything between where they are and the tippy-tippy top. And mm-hmm. then well, they'll, they'll have this incantation, there's just no way I'll ever get there. That right. won't happen. It's like... Thinking, thinking out of the box, and yeah. you basically, this book is incredible, and Thank no wonder you. people are going nuts over it. Thank I mean, you. you're. I think, the, I think the main thing is, is what artists should think about. Musicians are in any field that you're in. That if you, if you have a creative passion, is that to really step back and focus on what is the purpose of why you are doing something. Why are you an artist? Why are you a creative person? And what is your real goal? Your goal shouldn't be to be famous right. or to be a superstar. Because, also, that won't last. If that's the why, right. that's I mean, it's going to get old. <laughs> fame should should be looked at as an occupational hazard yes, to a music career. Yeah, it is not the end game. Right. The end game is making a living supporting the kind of lifestyle you want to have doing something you love. Right. That is the goal. That's so well said. You know, they did research. I was in a class at UCLA um, a few years ago at the Mindful Awareness Research Center. They Uh did this research on people who attach their happiness to these sort of fleeting goals. And what will happen, they did all this research like, why is it that astronauts, after they land on the moon, they come back, they're depressed. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or um, people, they've done studies like after they win the Oscar the next day, they're actually like not happy. Right. Absolutely. And it's like, well, because you need to attach the happiness to the doing it, right? right. And it's not to the the title or the fame or yeah. the picture and billboard. You know, it's yeah. it's getting to do what you love and make a living. And you're now serving such a purpose by writing a book and giving people so much to think about mm-hmm. how they can find. You really want to make a living and mm-hmm. that's what it's really about to yep. do what you love every day. And that's why you want to go for it. You're giving them so many incredible tools. It's about the journey. It really is about the journey, and it's an ongoing process for everyone. And and right, I mean, people fall into those traps of setting their sights on I gotta win a Grammy, and then I'll right. know I've made it. Yeah. Or I gotta, you know, uh, sell out this venue, then I know I've made it. Or I have to sell a million records, then I know I've made it. But then when you do that, and you think you've reached that made it goal. Then, then what? Then That's what? why people are, yeah, depressed yeah. afterwards. But th- what, what I think is really making it is the stories you just told mm-hmm. about your friend in Oregon and Claire Means and mm-hmm. Amanda Palmer. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? She's created her own way. It's her own model. She doesn't have to answer to someone who right. she needs to rec- who needs to recoup money from her, whatever. Mm-hmm. She can just wake up every day, and that's that's so inspiring. Mm-hmm. So, what else do you feel like are some of the highlights that you think are the most hard hitting pieces of advice that you've learned? 
the thing is, is that um, you want to allow yourself to constantly evolve and to say yes to opportunities that may not fall rigidly in line with exactly the course of your career that you've set out right now, you think is going in that direction. Because, you know, uh, for, for a while I was making 100% of my income doing music and doing the kind of singer-songwriter career that I had envisioned when I um, started my career. And that was awesome. But I was saying no to a lot of really awesome opportunities because they were because I was looking at them I'm like, well, no, I I, sh- I can't I shouldn't take this sideman trumpet gig because I'm a <laughs> singer songwriter. I'm not a sideman trumpet player, and I don't. That's that's not that's not what I'm working on right now. But then one day I did say yes to a sideman trumpet gig just because someone ran out of a club as I'm walking down the street. They're like, all right, come here. This guy needs a trumpet player tonight in in his band, and he's like, he doesn't know where else to turn to. I'm like, ah. Uh, all right, fine, whatever. I'm not doing anything tonight. So I, I took my trumpet. I met him real quick, and I just kind of, you know, winged it, and it was fine. It was awesome. Long story short, uh, the sax player who was in that band that night was booking a stage at the world's largest music festival, Summerfest, in Milwaukee. He brought me on to help run and book that stage, oh and then God. two years later, I became the sole booker of that stage, running the stage, made connections with every booking Everybody. agent in the country, wow. all these artists, ton, artists who I'm still friends with today, and I got to play the stage every day of this 11-day festival, um, major press from it, marquee, a billing, I'm, I'm talking like every newspaper, website, everywhere, all because I said yes to a sideman trumpet yes. gig one time. Yeah, you know, that's incredible. <laughs> and so that's a great piece of advice. That's like the thing that I've I've learned is that you know, sure, at a certain point when you are at a level um, where you are very busy and you are supporting yourself with your art, uh, you do need to say no to things so you don't overwhelm yourself. But when you're working towards that and when you are kind of starting off and when you're really developing, you really should be saying yes to everything until you don't have time to say yes anymore. Right. Now, I don't, I, I just can't say yes as often as I'd like to just because I'm just too busy and I can't do Look it. But you've created, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, I think starting off, people need to be open to other opportunities in those creative endeavors. I want to go back because there was something that you did before you wrote a book, before you were famous for Ari's Take, mm-hmm. on your own as a singer song you made a successful living for yourself not having to have a day job because you were playing college shows you were doing tours Mm -hmm. let's talk about that for a second yeah how does that work right so what was interesting was that so I remember January 28th 2008 like it was yesterday that's when I quit my day job at Starbucks and I was able to quit because I was making just enough money with my music playing shows Uh, this was in Minneapolis to survive and I was about to hop in a studio to record my album and I'm like I don't have time to do Starbucks anymore and so I got to do this record I'm making enough money I'm, I'm making it work then three months later I booked a showcase at uh, NACA which is uh, the largest entertainment conference for uh, colleges it's National Association of Campus Activities uh, basically where I went and showcased for 15 minutes in front of thousands of students representing hundreds of colleges around the region. And I booked 50 college shows on the spot. What? On the spot. I booked 50 college shows. It was amazing. Are it was you like hearing a NACA... this, those of you who are listening? <laughs> it was a NACA record. Like, I was shocked just as much as anyone else. It was it was incredible. 
And then... Oh, my God. It's so mind-opening. Because it was, I, yeah. so many people, they're still living in this little world inside yeah. their head, which tells them, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and this will never happen, and I can't get a record deal, and, <laughs> oh, and, this, and the industry's right. dead. And look at yeah. what you're talking... I mean, in the last 15 minutes, you've just floored me. Oh, you booked 50 shows. 50 shows, and they averaged... They averaged, you know, <laughs> this was my first year in college, so I was averaging about $1,000 a show, which was incredible <laughs> for me incredible. when I was making... When I was used to maybe $50 per club date if I was lucky and it was pretty much mostly just drink tickets and whatever merch and I could sell. And how long is the show? Two hours? And An th- hour? 75 minutes. So you're yeah. making $1,000 <laughs> not including the right. merch that you're going to sell. And they also covered all my expenses and like travel Stop and everything. It. So I mean this was like yeah, colleges were an amazing blessing for me and it's the oh kind of the hidden God. secret. It's the hidden secret of the music industry. However, people who are listening to this don't <laughs> turn this off right now and go sign up for NACA because there's a whole process and it took me years to like really figure out and work with agents and work with everybody to figure out how to crack the college industry. Interesting. And it is a beast. So it's not the silver bullet. It does take a lot of time and energy and effort and everything. Are you still offering? You sometimes have online workshops where you t- teach I that, I do right? occasionally, yeah, because that's one of the questions I get asked the most is like how to break into colleges. And the the reason why I started offering God, If um, someone were workshops, to pick your workshop, it's so worth the cost of admission. They could, <laughs> it's amazing. It's really yeah, incredible. It's, I, yeah, I started offering them because I see so many artists who hear about NACA and then they go and they drop $3,000 to like join the membership and go there, get a booth, et cetera, et cetera. And they walk away with no shows, no bookings, because they don't really know how it works. Yeah, you have to know that. And system. you got to know like the anything. scene. But yeah. yeah. So, so like, you know, okay. I booked these 50 dates. My whole year was set. I'm like, boom, I've made it. I got it. I know, like, this is so easy. This is great. Like, I'm playing these shows. I'm going on tour. And then I would fit in club dates and extra tours to other club shows in between the college shows. And oh, then wow. comes spring wow. of that year, when they're all starting to rebook for the following year, and, and mind you, that year, all the shows went incredibly well. Every show was packed. Kids were loving it. And I sold tons of merch at every show. You do look like a names. rock star, I have to say. <laughs> you do have that going for a, you also. <laughs> it, was, it was like an amazing year. And so I was expecting, boom, like I'm going to rebook every one of these shows next year and more. And I'm set. I'm building my fans, like college-age kids or my target demographic. Um, I only rebooked seven of the 50 shows. And I went to my agent. I'm like, what happened? And he's like, yeah, don't be shocked. Most universities don't rebook the same quote unquote event two years in okay. a row. So I started freaking wah, wah. out. Yeah, right. Because like, I'm like, well, I, I just made 50 Starbucks. grand in one year. I mean, you know, more than that, really, because right, of that's the just merch the sales. Of and, yeah. I mean, yeah. everything. They were mean, double that. Yeah. And, and like, and I'm like, well, okay, uh, now what am I going to do? Like, do I go back to playing the $50 gigs with nope. two drink tickets Mm-mm, and merch sales? And and I'm like, well, now, I mean, I stupidly, I you know, like bought a new car because I'm like, oh, I need a touring vehicle. And like, I started dropping this money and I thought the money was going to continue. Yep. And so I was like, on tour, I was ordering room service. Like, I was <laughs> stupid with my money. All right, I will be the first to admit that that year was- Thankfully, it all worked out. I think it's it was only going to continue process. to go up from yeah. here. But yeah, I hear you. <laughs> it was definitely a learning process year for me. I was in my early 20s. Yeah, I didn't know how to manage money. But see, I, this is so important <laughs> what you're saying right now, because remember that book, it was called Who Moved My Cheese, right? And yeah. it's about like continuing to refine your approach. I feel like yeah. so many people will say like, I tried everything and I failed. But really, they tried like two things and yeah. they didn't work, you yeah. know, and you are such a living example of like, you just continue to like, fig- okay, so I'm going to have to figure this out and I will. I will rise the occasion. Yeah. Change your approach. Change your approach. I a mean- lot of it, yeah, came from being put in a position of what do I do now? Yeah. And, and that's when you really kind of turn on the creativity. It's just like, okay, 
How do we get creative and make this work? And so the following year, I'm like, hmm, all right, uh, I'm going to try to go to high schools. I know they don't have a budget to pay, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to the music teachers at high schools and I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to come in and I'm going to offer a free program for you uh, talking about how a formal music education helped to get me where I am. I'm a touring singer-songwriter. God, um, as so long as resourceful. <laughs> it's amazing. As long as you allow me to sell my merch after the presentation and I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm booking an all-ages venue on Saturday and, all, you know, if I can promote the show. So I, I would go uh, plant myself in a city, a different city every week, spend the whole week going into different high schools around uh, the city. I would talk. Oh Sometimes gosh, it was Ari, like it talk was. About hustling. Wow. <laughs> it was a hustle because, like, some schools, like, oh, well, you know, we're not doing a whole assembly, but you can plant yourself in the auditorium and every period will bring the music classes. So sometimes they gave me a presentation oh seven times in a oh row my gosh. and I had to but be there at 7 a.m. But you see how this is incredible. <laughs> it laid the groundwork for you became the, the ultimate teacher. You I then guess, created this yeah. blog. How many followers do you have on your on Ari's take? Um, I would say probably get about 100,000 readers a month or so that, that uh, musicians. Like, yeah. This is what I'm saying. Like yeah. By following what you love, it all winds up becoming the fabric of what everything that you're doing now. Yeah, and it's it's um, wow. I, yeah, I, so I, then what yeah, happened? So you're playing it. the yeah. high school shows, and what was the next thing? I, right, I mean, it, well, that worked out really well. Like all the clubs, so and I would pitch these clubs in these cities I'd never been to before. Like, hey, I'm booking. Um, I want to book an all ages show in your venue this Saturday. And they're like, what's your experience in the in the area? I'm like, well, I've never played the area before. I have no draw. However, I this, love it. <laughs> however, none. none Zero. Right? I've never but here's been there. why. Here's why you want me. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, but this is what I'm doing. I'm going into the schools, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I can guarantee that I'm gonna get at least 50 people out. And they said, okay, we'll give you a chance. And every show I got. You have so much confidence because, like, you're going to a city you've never. <laughs> right. I guarantee you, I get 50 people. Right. I'm like, I can figure out how to get 50 people there. And every city, I did this in 20 different cities around the country. And every city, I had between 50 and 300 kids oh, that God, came in cities I'd never amazing. been to before, which was, yeah, it was, it was awesome. And. You know, I was like the talk of the school that week. That I sold a ton of merch at the school and then at the shows. And it's so rewarding. Um, You're also inspiring tons of people at the same time. That was, I mean, all, yeah, that was really cool. It was like, it was nice. Talk it, about fulfillment. Yeah. You've not only carved out a path where you can do music, but you're you're fulfilled because you're help. It's so generous, and that probably feels really, really good. Yeah, I mean. The reason I kept Ari's Take going, like I wasn't making any money from Ari's Take in the first few years, and I'm still really not making much money from Ari's Take. Yeah, but you built um, such a tribe. It's, I mean, it's, people. Yeah, love I mean, you and it's because you. like I kept it going because musicians came to me and said it was helping them, and I'm like, okay, I gotta devote some time to keep putting these articles out and to keep doing this, even though I'm not really making any money from it. It's important because it's really That's helping. That's a lot of dedication because you don't. You are a really good writer, but you Thank write. You. You write long stuff. Yeah. Like this isn't like you don't, you know, cut any corners here. Yeah. So you continue to make the time that must at least take you four or five hours a week. Yeah. I to mean, do the research and then put definitely. it together. I mean, and sometimes edit it. like some of my biggest pieces, like the comparisons of all the distribution companies out there, like C D Baby, District Kid, TuneCore, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that took me fifty hours to put together, five zero. Um, and so that you know, I spent a lot of time, but there was not another guide out there. Like, these are the kind of stuff that musicians really need. And, like, I needed it, you know? I was like, yeah. well, who do I use? Do I use CD Baby? Do I use TuneCore, DistroKid, Ditto, MondoTunes, Reverbation? I've heard it said that when you want to be successful, the best thing to do is to add as much value to the world as possible. Yeah. And 
that's what you were doing. Yeah. It's like, how can I add value? And it's incredible how that comes back. So so you build Ari's Take. How many years have you, have you been doing that? Um, it's about four and a half years now. I launched it um, May 22nd, 2012. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And you got a book deal, what, two years ago? Yeah, I got the book deal. So two years into doing this very generous yeah, thing. Yeah. You get offered a book deal. Yeah. Um, the blog kind of took off. Uh, I think, right, because there was a need for it. Because, I mean, every other advice platform on the web at the time were uh, run by companies looking to gain customers. So when reading right. that, you always had to have a skeptical yeah. eye. It's just yeah. like, okay, this seems to be good advice, but what is their real motive here? Right. And I didn't have an ulterior motive. I, I was just like, my I'm a musician. I am passing along everything I'm learning. And I learned this yesterday. You need to know this today. Yep. And, it, you know, I like I never pretend to have all the answers. But when I learn, like I'm still constantly a student. I'm still learning every day. And when I learn something, I pass it along right away. And so I think the reason that musicians latched onto this is like, oh, Ari's like us. He's a musician and he's just yeah. kind of done the research so and like we can trust yeah. him because yeah. he's a musician just like us. Right. Like he's not a company looking to, you know, for us to pay them. Right. So So then you, you write know. this book and yeah. now your book is one of the best sellers. Yeah, it's still the number one new release. Um so uh Hello. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's not yeah, a it's small cool. thing. Yeah. And I'm really happy that uh, we we're still expecting it to be kind of a, a thing that you know, when more people read it, word of mouth will kind of hopefully this is going to be the book that musicians will use to really enable them. No, it's incredible. To, to, yeah, have it's a incredible. I mean, Don Passman's book was all about like the deal. But right. your book is sort of that Bible for how to yeah. get started and make a living doing what you love. So yeah. let's, let me just ask you that question. Sure. Everyone's listening now and they're like, that's amazing. 50 college shows. That's amazing. Yeah. He had 300 people in venues. He never even stepped foot in. Yeah. But where do you start? If you're a musician yeah. and you're listening to this, yes. what's my first order Your of business? Your first order of business is to make a goal sheet. One year, five year, 10 year, 26 year. I call this the 26 year marathon. And it's your goal sheet because you cannot decide how to move your career in a, any direction until you know where you're striving to. Okay. And so... You know, I talk to musicians all the time, a lot of them who are in your course, and they say, you know, like, I'm not interested in touring. And I'm like, that's totally cool. They're yep. like, I'm interested in licensing. I'm like, great. Then, you know, go with Kathy because <laughs> she's teaching that, like, that's what you need to do. Right. And then I talk to other people who are like, I don't want to license. I want to tour. I'm like, great. Then here's how you can do that. So everyone has different goals. So begin goals. with the end in mind. Okay. So let's say you write out your goals. You say, mm -hmm. you know, I want I want to play 50 college shows. Yeah. Okay. Or I want to tour or yeah. I want to license my song. Mm -hmm. But whatever, it, whatever the goal is, what's then the first thing that you think that they should go do? So here's the thing just one quick caveat is that you create these goals because then you can at least have a foundation of where you're starting from and then where you're looking to goals can constantly evolve had you told me four years ago five years ago that I would have a book out right now I'd have called you crazy like the, absolutely not that's so far from what I'm doing right now there's no way so you know and it was a massive, under, what is it, 300 pages? It's 430 Yeah, no, pages. it's not yeah. just a book to say you have a book. <laughs> it's like, a long book. Yeah, so you might have been like, uh, no, I don't think <laughs> right, I'm going right. to be able to carve out right. what you did. So, but the thing, you so know, so allow open. yourself, be open. It, things may change. But 
your one year is going to be the most important because that's going to be the path that you're going to start to take. And that's going to be your immediate um, focus is this one year goal. But you do want the five and the 10 year and the 26 year just so you can kind of see uh, further on the horizon of what are what am I really looking for? And then and you want to get really specific with these goals because it's not just like oh, I want to be um, a full-time musician. Like, that's awesome. Okay, that's a, that should be your goal. But how? Like, what? more tangibly, more concretely, specifically, in one year, what do you want? Okay, I want to sell out the Varsity Theater. Okay, that's a goal. That's a tangible goal. Now we can work towards doing that. Right. Or I want four placements on TV shows, movies, or commercials, something like that. Okay, that's a tangible goal. We can work towards that. So really get specific with what are your goals. I love that. It's like when you went to those cities, you had never been there. You're like, okay, I want to fill up this venue in this city. Therefore, I'm going to work backwards. Who are the high schools around here? Now, who are the people at those high schools that I need to contact? Now, how do I get those (laughs) kids excited? Now, what venue would be an all-age venue? And there you go. And you just start to work backwards from that specific goal. That's really good. Yeah, exactly. And, and, And that's the thing. I mean, you know, and every year, uh, revisit your goal sheet and you can revise it. You can revise it every year, but at least it keeps you on track with what you're striving for. And once you have that set out, then you can really tackle the immediate the immediate things that you really need to conquer and really need to approach and and really kind of push to uh, attain those goals. Amazing. What else? You cover so much ground in that book, and we've talked about a few things. And each story you told, I mean, was so delicious. <laughs> I really was. Sure. Um, what else? What else do you want to share that for you are some of the highlights? I mean, it's you know, so chock there, full. Yeah, there's everyone. You need to go get it. I'm, I mean, you're going to be happy <laughs> you did. You. No, seriously. Um, it's, yeah, it's wonderful. There's a whole there's a whole chapter on royalties, um, and and explaining what royalties are, how to get them, where they all come from. And that's a thing that's one of the most confusing things for musicians to really understand is the breakdown of the nuances of the business side of music and and really how royalties work. Like, what are mechanical royalties? Where do they come from? What's the difference between a songwriter and an artist? A lot of us are both, but there's an extreme difference and there's a legal difference and there's different kinds of royalties that an artist earns versus a songwriter. And even if you're both, you need to think of you, you need to chop yourself in half and be like, okay, I'm this half's the songwriter. This half's the artist. The songwriter half is entitled to these royalties and the artist half is entitled to these completely different royalties that are way over here that have nothing to do with the songwriter royalties that I just signed up for. So some people are like, oh, I signed up with ASCAP. Okay, I'm covered. It's like, no, actually, that's just one tiny, tiny, tiny portion of one single tiny royalty that you're entitled to. They don't realize who (laughs) who songwriters are, musicians are, because they've made it so, it's so complicated. It's like, well, here's the publishing side, the sync side. Yeah, it's so complicated. But what you're touching on, which is really key, especially for the listeners of this particular show, Mm -hmm. is that you need to also understand the business part. It's not just a hobby. It's going to be a business. And so you need to really make sure you're... You're understanding the business part. You have to be both. You can't just be and, an artist and then right. wait for someone to come along and, and take your work. And Absolutely. And, and actually, that's a really good point because you never want to pass off your business to somebody, uh, A, just because they ask. They should be the right person. And yeah. you should only pass off your business when it's too much for you to handle. And then when you're passing off parts of your business – 
to people that are going to help you, you need to still understand what they're doing. They shouldn't be making any deals without your knowledge. Yeah. You sh- you are still the boss. Yeah. You're still leading the operation, even if you have a full team, even if you have a manager and a label and an agent and a publisher and a publicist and everyone on your team and interns, et cetera, et cetera. You still need to know what everyone is doing. And I mean, it just came out that Alanis Morissette's business manager stole seven million dollars from her. Oh, yeah. He's going to jail. He's going to jail. But here's the thing. It's like you've got to keep your people in check. You have to make sure that you are on the ball, because if you don't stay up on your business, that's what's going to happen. Because unfortunately, there are people in this world who aren't the most ethical and and not even not even just you know protecting yourself from from those kinds of people it's also people so they don't drop the ball so people on your team are are still working on what they need to be working on so yeah. you can check in with them and you don't need to be neurotic about it but that's why you should understand the full business on your own first and then start passing off duties here and there and and then they can kind of take it on but you're still the leader you're still always yeah. have to be in control yeah I, I i've heard it said that people think once they get a manager or they get an agent you know the work stops and right. so dangerous because mm-hmm. you have to continue to keep making opportunities for yourself but also you want to continue to flex the muscle to know every part of your business as opposed to giving that over to someone else and then you know, unfortunately, like a lot of people have gotten taken to the cleaners. So if somebody's starting out, they got their mm-hmm. goal sheet and they want to begin. How could you leverage the web to sure. help you? Yeah. So that I, I know people's uh, blood pressure just rise because <laughs> whenever they think of, oh, gosh, the web, social media, the Internet, right. ah, there's so much there. I don't know what to do. It's overwhelming. It's so overwhelming. And I get it because, you know, people, other kind of talking heads in the music business and, and consultants will say, oh, you got to be everywhere. You got to be on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and now Periscope and Facebook Live. And and they'll just like list a laundry list of everything that exists. Right. And then your head spins right off and falls over and goes rolling down the street. You're like, well, I don't even know what to do now. But that's the thing. So it's like, okay, I think for indie artists that are pursuing an artist career, yes, you need to have a baseline presence on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and Twitter. However, you should master the one platform, the one that inspires you the most. And this is different for everyone. So I can't say, oh, you got to be a master at YouTube because some people, that's just not inspiring to to regularly create videos. Mm -hmm. The YouTube stars, the YouTubers are pumping out high quality videos every single week. If you don't have that in you, that's totally cool. You don't have to do that. That's what it takes to master YouTube and to really do that successfully. You know, Claire did it on Periscope. That's her one. Uh, There's this guy named Brent Morgan who uh, is live streaming. He's making over $10,000 a month live streaming on this platform called YouNow. You now, most people have never heard of uh, no. because it targets uh, – because the 75% of You Now's audience is under the age of 24. That's why oh many of you haven't God. heard of this. But he leveraged that and that became his one. He's not an Instagram star. He's not – And you, how's you he go, making 10000 Using Patreon? No. You Now has actually a built-in monetization uh, tipping function and feature and so but but it's not just tipping that's that's easy to understand it's like oh you just send them a tip right in like a dollar form no it's like a game it's like in-app gaming and so you can send people coins and and upvotes and 
likes and high fives and marriage proposals and they all equal different <laughs> amounts it's crazy it's, it's like so much i logged on and, and yeah it, it is a lot of fun and that's the kind of like what you know teenagers are really getting into and that's why um he has been able to leverage this one platform to earn a very very good living doing that so that's his one you know so what, you're what doing? is your you, one you take away all of the excuses because yeah. <laughs> every time somebody thinks that well i can't do that you're like but then there's this thing you've never heard of right and somebody's making which means it's out there. Like, if it's there's there something and, you can do, yeah. there is a way for you to figure out how to make a living doing it. And, and the thing is... Incredible. I, yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, above all, because I, I can't tell um, anyone what they must do or what they should or which platform they should make their one, because I don't know what inspires them and what overwhelms them, where their strengths are, where their weaknesses are. It takes a certain kind of person to appeal to an under 24 crowd. And Brent is that kind of person and he's making that kind of music and he's engaging with those fans in a kind of way that they need to be engaged with. That may not work for everybody and I totally respect that. So find your one. Find out, you know, yes, it's it's important to understand the kind of music you create and the kind of fans that you're targeting because that may determine where you should be focusing your efforts. Right. If you are targeting a teenage, college-age crowd, go check out you now. That may be a really good platform for you. If you're targeting a 55-plus Southern blues-loving crowd, you can completely ignore you now and Snapchat <laughs> and probably Instagram, and you should go on Facebook, and, like, that's where you should really be focusing right. your efforts. So, you know, pick the one. Pick your one. Focus your efforts there. Ari, so my head is, like, spinning. Um, you're just such a wealth of <laughs> knowledge and inspiration. Where can people find out more about you? Where can they find you online? Sure. Where can they get your book? Well, the best place, uh, the kind of the starting point is ariherstand.com. It's my website. Uh, links to a lot of things there. Um, my book is Amazon. You can go on Amazon. You can get it there. Or it's in most Barnes and Nobles around the country, I think, and local bookstores. Go ask your local bookstore to get it uh, if they don't have it already. Um, and then I'm, you know, I'm on Instagram at Ari Herstan, on Twitter at Ari Herstan, at Ari's Take. It's the blog. My blog is ariestake.com. Um, yeah. Good yeah, places. I would highly encourage you to sign up for the blog and to get the book because I've just over the last, I mean, over the last few years, but especially in the last few months since your book came out, I can't tell you how many, I, I probably, I can't count how many <laughs> artists have come to me and awesome. said, this book is so incredible. I'm like, yeah, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> um, this yeah. book, this book. So, um, thank you for being so generous to put all of that out there. And I just think that that's so cool. You know, <laughs> when somebody starts out and the intention is so pure and you wind up, you know, having so much success from it. You deserve only so much more. What's um, Thank you. what's next for you? Well, what's on your goal sheet? Yeah, I'm I'm heading on a book tour in about a month, so I'll be visiting a lot of cities uh, around the country. You can uh, see the cities ariherstand.com if I'm coming to your city. I'll be playing a few shows in select cities. Also, I always play a couple songs at each book signing too. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because a lot of people who read the book and read Ari's take have never listened to my music, and after my book signing in LA, they came up to me like, "Oh man, that first song really hit." me and yeah. I didn't even know what you sounded like. I've never heard your music. Yeah. I didn't even know you could sing. And so I'm like, you know Ari what? has great I'm stuff. And, um, <laughs> recently, some of your songs, I'm like, these songs would be, one of your songs I think is so great for the show, This Is Us. Oh, right um, Let's see if maybe that could be on your goal sheet. Sure. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's exciting. That's exciting. Cool. I know that it's um, only going to continue to just blow your expectations out of the water, what you're going to achieve, because you are 
such an example of someone who has so much integrity. You're also really talented, but you're also very resourceful. Those three com- things are like a winning combination. Right on. Thank um, you. I'm, and one other quick thing, because uh, this is actually kind of one of the most exciting things happening right now. Uh, the book tour is great, but I've been in studio the whole last week. I'm going in next week. I'm launching a new funk band, a throwback 70s funk band. So that's like the, what my next year is, is getting this funk band off the that ground. so cool. So like I'm super excited about this funk band. And I mean, it's going to be horn driven and it's it's going to be Where can they awesome. find it on iTunes? What's it going to be called? It's going to be called Brassroots District. Nothing is released and nothing's public right now, but you can follow at Brassroots D on Instagram right now, but like literally there's no content anywhere because we haven't launched it yet. Mm-hmm. So we're in the process of launching it. And everyone who pre-ordered my book on Pledge Music, um, I've been updating them with the process of what of how I'm launching this funk band, just so you kind of know how to launch a band from scratch so and how cool. I'm doing it. But yeah. Awesome, Ari. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Incredible. Ari, you are a wealth of knowledge and inspiration. That was incredibly brilliant. Here's some of my takeaways from what you said. Number one, the old model is broken. Number two, why are you an artist? Number three, know what your goals are and make a goal sheet with tangible goals. Number four, revisit your goal sheet every year. Number five, you're the boss. Understand the full business before you delegate. Number six, you never want to pass along your business to someone you don't know. Number seven, it is all about the journey. Don't think that when you get there, it's going to be rosy. Number eight, when you're starting off, be open to saying yes to opportunities that aren't always fitting into what you thought was the plan until you're so busy you can't say yes. Number nine, your audience is now both in real life and online. Number 10, if you're not getting booked, book yourself. And number 11, master the one platform that inspires you the most. All right. So again, thank you guys so much for emailing me your questions, your thoughts. We speak the same language. We're all artists. We're all creatives. And we're going to help each other get there. So Sarah wrote in, and I thought this was a really cool thing. She is a teacher by day, and she's a knitter and crocheter by night. She's the owner of something called Yarn Lovin'. And she was saying it's her dream to continue to build her brand. And one day sooner than later, she would like to be able to crochet blankets and knit hats and have thousands of people who are enjoying her homemade blankets, etc. So she asked the question. She says, I'd like to increase traffic to my online store, and I'm not sure how I can continue increasing exposure. I was wondering if you could give me advice on how I can do this. And Miss Kathy, I've so enjoyed listening to your podcast. I've listened to both episodes multiple times, and I've I really appreciate that, Sarah. So here's one thing um, I wanted to say, and I actually, I was thinking it, and then one of our other listeners was posting, and I thought this was great. So Tanya said that she has something called the Baking Podcast, and this is what I was going to say to you, is if you want to grow awareness to your brand, create content, put out a blog on knitting, make a podcast about knitting, put up YouTube videos and, and show people how you're making certain designs. I thought that was so great that Tanya wrote in and she said, you know, she and her sister have a small cottage bakery and they've been getting some local press and accolades and they decided to share their love of baking by creating something called the Baking Podcast. And this is what I'm saying, people. If you want to create exposure, just create content. The internet is there. It's at your fingertips. And the more you're creating things for people to start knowing you as a thought leader, as an expert, or just to find you, you know, seeing the behind the scenes of your creative process, that's going to start to build a tribe around you. And then when you go ahead and sell your products, you're going to have somebody to sell them to. 
And I think it's fantastic that you've been saying, you know, you've been successful connecting with fellow crafters on Instagram. Continue to do that and continue to post also on Pinterest. It's just incredible. Um, There's this girl. Her name is Melissa Griffin. She teaches a whole course um, on how to make a profit using Pinterest. So Trisha wrote in and she said, hey, Kathy, great job. I loved you're pleasantly persistent, she put in quotes. She said, did I get it right? I would love a guest who parlayed something they loved in a way that it could make money, i.e., if I can't be a professional ballerina, but I opened a successful studio type thing. She says, in parentheses, speaking from a lawyer whose mother wouldn't let her major in dance. Ah, uh, Yeah, you're not alone in that. Um, she says, on keeping a day job, but growing organically on the side to stay out of debt, sometimes feeling that there's too much follow your passion and not enough advice on growing your, your real nest egg. So that's a great question. You know, when I came out to Los Angeles, I thought the only thing out there was to be a, um, a star, you know, to be Taylor Swift or, or to be um, the person selling out a, an 80,000 seat arena. And I've made a living licensing my music. And that's what I think is so cool is that there are lots of ways for you to make a living doing your craft. Um, without having to be the prima ballerina at Lincoln Center. So what are some of those ways? Well, depending on your craft, there's going to be different things that you can do. You know, you can do your research and figure out if the thing is you really just love taking photos or the thing is you really love baking and you really love songwriting, there are millions and millions of different ways to do that and wake up every day and get to take pictures, wake up every day and get to be baking without having to be on the cover of, you know, Time Magazine for, for doing that thing. And so start to, do, start to do some research. I mean, do you want to be taking, uh, if you were a photographer, you could be shooting portraits of babies. You could be taking weddings. You could be doing events. Um, you don't have to be shooting the cover of Vogue. There's lots of different ways to do it. If you are a dancer, you could be teaching dance. You could be um, choreographing regional theater. You don't have to be the one auditioning to be, um, you know, the lead ballerina. There's lots of different ways to do it. Start to do the research. And from there, you're going to see different ways of making that happen. So I just want to say thank you. I want to say it. I want to shout it from the rooftops. Thank you so much to all of you who are listening, who are subscribing on iTunes and sharing this with your creative friends. If you like what you're hearing, please make sure that you continue to subscribe and tell your friends to subscribe and come join us on our Facebook page, Don't Keep Your Day Job, and let us know what you're up to and what your goals are. We love that we're forming this community. We can keep each other inspired and accountable to take action towards what we really want. I want to give a shout out to the amazing team who makes this show possible. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. Hold up. 